Just a quick note to listeners. Mr. Wang's native language is not English, so there may be parts of this episode that are a little bit more difficult to understand, but we have bumped up the audio as much as possible in order to improve your listening experience. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode. Promo Kitchen is a nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you are a new listener, the PK Podcast is a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $20 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, CEO of Common Skew, and I am joined by my friend and fellow chef Danny Rosen, president of Brand Fuel Promotions. Let me start today's episode with a story. In May of this year, I received an email from a Chinese promotional supplier called Shiny Fox. It read, quote, Hey, do you sell bottles or cups? Here is a wine sippy cup, a great summer promo idea for you. More here on my Pinterest page. As a factory in China, we handle almost all the promotional merchandise. Sincerely, Golden Wang. I usually delete these emails immediately if they even hit my inbox in the first place, given that most end up in spam. However, given the volume of emails like this, it's not surprising that some bubble up to the top. But I didn't delete this email. I read it again and thought to myself, who is this person from China that I have never met or ever heard of before? My first inclination was to think that he was a pest, someone to be relegated to my massive spam folder. Delete. Move on with my day. However, it occurred to me in that moment that Chinese direct suppliers are a fact of life and they represent a growing part of the promotional products universe. With Alibaba's IPO a giant success and the massive reliance our industry has on the Chinese supply chain, I felt it was time to listen to Mr. Wang's pitch. And I felt it best that we could accomplish this to have him on the show so we could better understand the world Mr. Wang represents. Indeed, his perspective is much different and much bigger than most of ours in North America. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Golden Wang to the Promo Kitchen podcast. Golden, why don't we start off by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself and Shiny Fox for the community. Thanks, Mark. First, how to say sorry. My email may bother you a lot. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Not at all, not at all. I actually just wanted to indicate that at the beginning I was thinking, mm, maybe this is bothersome, but it also got my attention, which is why you're on the show here. So anyways, wh mm -hmm. why don't you start off and introduce yourself, first of all, for the audience. Mm -hmm. Just like what I said in the email, we are promotional products supplier in China. We in the in this industry for eight years. We sourcing producing and support our customers in US, right. UK, and some European countries. We do a lot of products from plastic bottles to electronic device, almost all the promotional items. And Golden, is the factory that you own in China, does it produce and manufacture all the products that you sell or only a small portion of them? Actually, we have some key products and you know in the promotional products industry customer may want this product this time but he will change it to another items for another promotional ideas this time they need a pen next time they may need a 
a cup. Right. Uh, so to provide better service to our customers, we have to provide as many products as we can. But we do have some key products, or uh, better products. Right. So in your factory, you focus on a specific product line like plastics, but if a customer in the U.S. or in Europe or in Canada is looking for something outside of your product line, then you'll source it from another factory in China. So in some respects, it's actually very similar to how a distributor in North America would operate in that distributors are primarily sourcing products from a whole variety of different places so they can service the needs of their customers. So that's that's interesting. Do you want to give us a sense, Golden, as to how the supply chain works in China? So specifically, my question is around who it is that you sell to. Will you sell to anyone that comes to you, whether it's a company like my company, Right Sleeve, that you had originally emailed, or whether it's an end customer like Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble or Google? Does it matter who the person is that you're selling to, or do you differentiate based on customer type? We work with some importers from the U.S. Okay. I think they are suppliers, and then in U.S., I think there are suppliers, distributors, and end customer. Yeah. Most time we deal with suppliers in U.S. So would an example of a supplier be like Polyconcept or Suida or Gemline, like those types of suppliers? Would those be examples of the kinds of people that you might work with? Yes. You may know that the China is the worldwide, is the factory of the world. Actually, I want to clear some, some misunderstandings when you purchase from overseas in China. Okay. It's not like you buy something from a supermarket. You got a promotional idea and select a product, uh, like you select a pen for an um, event, then pick it up from the, the shelves. It's not that simple. Most of them are not the stock. They don't have stock in China. Right. Because uh, they are custom made. They need to be customized on shape, on color. Most important is the imprint. Right. So most of them are produced in the factories. Right. And uh, there are so many factories. Different uh, items means different factories, like plastic bottle factories, ballpen factories. Sometimes you may deal with the manufacturers directly, but most time you deal with some suppliers like us. Right. Then we will handle the factories right. for you. And I want to say that's our advantage. Uh, that's exactly our advantage because we are attorneys. Right. We know how to communicate with the factories. Right. So in some cases, people can order directly from your product line. In other cases, you can ask them, or in North America, can ask you to go and source something custom, and then you can go and find that from a factory. I think that makes a lot of sense. If we just go back to, just to clear up the question about the supply chain, if you were to get, let's say, an inquiry from a company like Google or Microsoft, and they were looking for, let's say, 100,000 pens and 100,000 calculators, is that an order that you would accept? Would you think twice about that, or would you just simply go ahead with the order? We do have our strong connections with the factories. Right. 
And actually, we invest some factories directly. Okay. So we we control them. And uh, normally, we do not get orders from the Google or Coca-Cola directly. And, and why do you think that is? I, I, I think they will go to the um, suppliers in the U.S. And just like what, what I, I said, they will suppliers in U.S. is uh, um, much better to communicate with Coca-Cola or, or Google. Right. So, so what you're saying is that most of those, what we would call end customers, tend to prefer to deal with a local source that is closer to them and may have some expertise, whereas that distributor or supplier who's in the trade will go and work with you directly because they understand this business and they do it day in and day out. So I think that makes sense. I want to say it's changing now. I do got some inquiries from the end customer directly. But to be honest, it's hard to communicate because you know, the end customers' thinking is different from the suppliers. And what is they, that difference, you think? Um, I think uh, they, they want the idea. And uh, sometimes in our minds, it's products, not idea. That's our problem, I think. I see. So what you're saying is that what a customer like a Microsoft or a Google, just to give an example, they're more interested in the idea and then having someone else go and source the product, whereas if they came to you and said, hey, I've got this trade show coming up in six months, can you give me a couple of ideas? That's not really your area of expertise. Is that, that, that's what you're saying? Yes, yes. So you would rather just do the product as opposed to doing the idea. And then that's interesting because that I think that's certainly how a lot of people in North America will see the difference between a supplier and a distributor. One is really good at the ideas and sourcing, and the other one is just really good at shipping the product out the door. Yes, because uh, to be honest, the factories in China really have the power to design the product. Right, right. No, that makes perfect sense. So, Golden, one of the things that concerns a lot of people in North America in the promotional products industry is product quality and product mm -hmm. safety. Is that something that you can comment on as a Chinese supplier that is right at the source of production as to how the products that you're producing for customers can be done at the highest quality and probably more importantly at the highest level of safety so that there's not such things as product recalls which continue to challenge people in North America as, as well as in Europe as well. Yes, we always hear our customers complain they're suffering from bad quality and bad lead time. It does happen in China because of so many factories in China, bad and, and good. Yeah, let me jump in with a question. So you you'd indicated before that one of the things you do is you not only produce goods in your factory, but you're also sourcing product from other factories. What quality control steps do you go through in your own factory, and then how do you ensure quality with the products that you're sourcing from other factories in China to make sure that whatever we order from your firm, Shiny Fox, comes to us mm -hmm. with the highest level of quality and safety? What steps do you go through? Uh, I think it's a um, big um, question. As first, I want to say the price is very important. Um, now, 
I, I think some of our customers want us to cut the cost, but sometimes sometimes it's impossible. If you want to uh, cheap price, we have to change the materials, change to the cheap materials and right. lower the quality. I know that's one question. Uh, maybe maybe you you say. I want the good quality, not uh, not the price. But in China, there are so many factories. You may got so many price from different factories. Then you will get confused. His price is uh, is much lower, but he said his product is as good as mine. Right. So you you may you may get confused, but uh, actually, his uh, lower price is impossible. Right. So, I think our customers may not only focus on the price. They may focus. Uh, they may look into the quality, the service, and uh, work with your right. familiar suppliers. Just wanted to jump in there to to try to clarify something because I think it's a really valuable point that you're making and one that concerns me to some extent in that you're saying that if a customer, whether it's a distributor or whether it's an end customer like Google, is demanding the absolute lowest price, that if we take that demand to you in China, that it's conceivable that the only way that you're going to get that low price is to cut a corner maybe not cut a corner, but to go and source a material that is deemed unsafe. Is, is that correct? The reason I ask that question is that a lot of people in the West, when they're demanding a low price, never equate an unsafe product with their low price demand. They're always just thinking, okay, well, you'll be able to go and do it in a cheaper fashion, but never using a material that will compromise the safety of the end customer. Can you comment on that? We don't want to lower our quality level, but I can not sure some other factories will do it because the profit is very little. Yeah. But the bad price cutting battle in in China, so many factories. I'm not seeing all the factories will do it, but some will do it because they want the order. And just like what I said, there are good factories and bad factories. So many factories in China. Right, right. So how to get a wise decision? So to finish this line of questioning up, what advice would you give to people in North America that are sourcing inexpensive product from China, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them to ensure that they're buying safe products? What Outside of going to buy them from you, because of course <laughs> you're indicating that you're a stand-up quality supplier, but no, of course not everyone is working with your firm. Mm, I think in, first, not focus on the price only. See their qualities. For example, send some samples. See their uh, service. Uh, for example, uh, when we sourcing products from other factories, we will travel a lot to the factories to audit the factory, to inspect the 
products on the spot to make sure the quality. So the service is very important. So to work with your uh, familiar suppliers, some suppliers you can trust, you have to do many orders with them. Right. And I think there is another um, method. You may see their certificate, some test, uh, test, 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 uh, like, like some material test and see some certificate of the factories. The, the best way is you travel to China. <laughs> so should we trust Chinese factories as Western clients of yours? Should we trust your organizations? And I'm not talking about your business, but I'm talking about all businesses over there that are producing merchandise, branded merchandise, or other goods and services to be compliant, to use safety protocols to do the testing that we're talking about here. Should we trust you? I think most of the factories in China is good, but some uh, a very little percentage, see uh, bad percentage, is uh, is bad. How uh, bad quality stand? How, how would you know? How would we? How would we tell the difference? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Alibaba. Can we talk about Alibaba then and, and find out what your thoughts are on, on the Alibaba supply chain and if their resources are trusted because a long time ago when they entered the market space, they were um, rewarding those factories with five-star ratings and many factories were featured as trusted resources, but it turned out that weren't really trusted, that they were paying to be a part of this group and and there was some confusion in the marketplace. I think Alibaba had lost some trust with its client base, and I think they have long since challenged that and fixed it. But if I were to purchase through the Alibaba supply chain, based on what I see in terms of their ratings, should I trust that now? To be honest, I don't think there is a way to identify the suppliers in Alibaba. I mean, you can't find out is good or bad from Alibaba, from the internet. Right. Do you sell your products on Alibaba? No, no, no. We do not add too many factories, too much price um, competitors, too much price cut battle. We, we do not sell, sell, sell products on it. And, and so you, you, you cite it's because of price competition. Are there a number of factories in China that don't sell on Alibaba because of price competition, like people that you know that are also not on Alibaba? Yes, too much competitors, too much competition. That's interesting. So it, it sort of begs the question, how do you differentiate? How do you stand out in the crowded space to get noticed by individuals and companies to get your resources you know, sold through that channel? But that's yeah that's that's eye opening for us i think and that you would not be in that channel have you had success in your email marketing campaigns to companies like brand fuel and right sleeve uh, that sell through the typical supply chain have you had success in getting business from companies like ours through your email marketing yes i do get some orders by sending advertising emails it's hard to stand out from so many suppliers I think uh, how to work with each other for, for some time to do some orders, you will find us is honesty, 
always keep our promise, and uh, we do not sell on the Alibaba. We are planning to join the ASI Aussie or, or the PPAI. I do know some suppliers is join the ASI Asia. I think ASI is is opening a a platform for Asia suppliers. So you just said ASI Asia. Yes, uh, that's, that's a foreign term to me, but it, it's intriguing. What is that exactly? Just like uh, ESP is uh, all the suppliers on that unit is from Asia, like uh, China, India, Vietnam, Indonesia. So these are suppliers that are a part of the ESP ASI software platform that are. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you can sign on as a factory in Asia or India and be recognized yeah. as, and it's called ASI Asia. Okay, yeah. Mark, is that news to you? Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've I've actually not heard of it before. I'm not surprised, but I, I think it's an interesting thing to discuss. So, Golden, you as Shiny Fox can join ASI Asia and be a part of this database. Who sees that database once you're on it? Is it meant for distributors like Right Sleeve and Brand Fuel, or is it meant? Who, who's it meant for? Some importers in U.S. So they can find suppliers on it. I see. And is it uh, is the website live right now? Yeah, yes, it, it, it's testing now. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Is that how you found us through this ASI supplier uh, platform where? ASI Asia, where you can get access to buyers' names of distributors in the U.S.? Is no. that how you found us? No? No, from Google. So you did a Google search and found Right Sleeve and Brand Fuel and reached out to us based on just our size, I guess, and our location and thought you'd be able to uh, do business with us. I got uh, the, the, the is, uh, industry. I, I mean, I key in the promotional products, I uh, got you. Right. From a sales and marketing perspective, I think this is quite fascinating. Are there other tools that you use to market yourself? You mentioned Google in terms of just a simple Google search. Are you using other social media platforms to get the word out about your company? Yes. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And how successful have those been for you relative to email marketing like the kind I referenced in my introduction? I think the best way is to call the customers, just a call from a familiar person. Right. And are you the one who is making the phone call to someone in North America to sell your products? Yes, 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 exactly. And you found that a lot of people have been receptive and open to your sales pitch? Yes. That's a code calling. Uh, I can talk to the um, customers and they can get much more uh, understanding of us. That's, uh, that's, I, I think it's, it's fascinating on so many levels and, and I congratulate you for, for, for your approach and, and, and the success that you're having. I'm curious, what percentage of your business, Golden, is done in North America? Almost uh, ha uh, uh, 15%. Sorry, five zero fifty percent. Yes, uh, five zero. Five zero. Okay. Congratulations there. That's a uh, that's a significant number. 
And is that a number that is growing, or does it stay consistent with your business? Is that your, is, and is it a market focus for you to continue to try and open up more doors uh, in the West and do business with us? Uh, we are focusing on the um, U.S. and the U.K. market, mm -hmm. U.S. and the U.K. I think it's, uh, it, it's growing. Yeah, I think that the boundaries are shrinking, that is for sure. You know, we, we were talking about safety and product recalls and making sure that we uh, understood the dynamics of, you know, what it takes to pay a little bit more to ensure that we were getting quality products that were compliant into our markets. Let's shift to licensing issue that I'm sure you've heard about. Apple recently issued a cease and desist letter for some products that are coming through typically from Asia and into factories in the U.S. to do decoration for us. And so this, this lawsuit is interesting because it's really wakening up the distributors like Brandfuel and, and Rightsleeve to ensure that we are working with factories that are producing licensed merchandise through uh, the organizations and connectors like Apple. And so the question is, are you aware of the cease and desist that Apple has submitted through our industry? Are you, are you, were you, are you selling products like that? What, what are we doing in Asia to ensure that the end user isn't receiving a, uh, you know, an unlicensed piece of merchandise that might not work? I think that's our advantage. We have strong connections with the factory. We can control it. We we travel a lot to the factories. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, it's a big question that we are suffering in China for many factories. And what do you mean by that you're suffering? Uh, suffering that we supply good quality products, but some others supply not so good products, but they have the um, better price, lower price, then the customer goes to them, not yeah. goes, goes to us. Market demand issue, it sounds like. The, the market is demanding the lower price, and therefore corners are getting cut, and, and licensing and, and following you know, proper protocol is, is being forgotten. I'm happy that some of our customers come back to us eventually, right. <laughs> when they get a better experience in from other suppliers. So, Golden, to kind of clarify on that, let's say you received a phone call from a distributor in North America that said mm -hmm. they had an order for 100,000 Apple adapters, either 8-pin mm -hmm. or 30-pin, and you know, you're probably familiar with the product. There's one that's got about five different adapters that hang on from, it was one of the more popular products in the industry up until this Apple cease and desist. If I had an order for you right now for mm -hmm. a large quantity of those, what would you tell me? I think you, you want to know what I will do. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm ready to place an order for uh, those first, Apple uh, When I get the order, uh, for example, uh, this uh, this product is sourcing from other factories. We have our sources. Maybe we have um, five factories to produce this item. Right. Then we'll go to these five uh, five factories. Let them provide some samples. We got all the samples from five factories. Then we compare them, select the the, the suitable product 
I don't know. Maybe it's the best. Maybe it's uh, just uh, suitable. Right. You know, sometimes um, sometimes it's not the best and not the the best, just much. Then we offer the uh, samples selected from one of the factories. Right, but would but would you question whether the product was actually legitimately under license? Uh, would would that be part of the discussion, or what I'm hearing you're saying that you would go out and and find it from other factories in China and then select the one that was of best quality? Would part of that decision be selecting product that was actually under license by Apple or not? I think uh, we got the the license from Apple. Is that uh, the fact? Okay, so so you're you're saying that you you have a, a an Apple license, which if requested, uh, no, no. You, you would supply I mean, it to the to the distributor. You order the products, you should get the authorization from the Apple. Then okay. we can supply the product to you. I see. So you would not produce the product unless the customer produced a license from Apple, yes. or if it happened we to be in the case of Disney, the, same thing. We must got the authorization from the Apple. I see. Mm -hmm. Got it. So under no circumstances, if I had a hot order for 100,000 units, would you accept the order unless there was written notification from, from Apple in California? Uh, sorry. Could you repeat the question? Sorry, to, to repeat it, uh, my question is, if I had an order for a, a big order for these Apple 8-pin uh, or 30-pin products and did not have a license with Apple, you're saying that you would not accept that order under any circumstances? Yes, correct. We will not accept any orders like that. And I know this is maybe a, a funny question, but why not? What what would be the implication of you just taking that order and and sh shipping it out the door? Because we don't have the 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 authorization from the Apple. Right. Now the product design is belong to Apple. Right. The copyright. Copyright. Right. Okay. Golden, this has been absolutely fascinating. We know that we've taken about an hour of your time. Danny, do you want to end it off with one last question? And if not, then Golden, we'd be happy to give you the final word. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I was just thinking about that. Maybe we should let Golden have the floor, and Golden, maybe you can share some suggestions for organizations in our industry in the U.S., things that may help us work with you better, understand you better, any advice that you have for us to ensure that we are making the right decisions, because like you said, the, uh, the world is, is getting more connected, and there are many, many players, many companies out there. And so I, I think we would leave you with the last word. Can you, can you share any of that with us? Okay. I think <laughs> you can just go work with us. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. Shiny box. Uh, yes. Actually, I suggest you work with some familiar suppliers in China. Some suppliers you worked with them for a long time. You trust each other, and you know his service, his product, his quality. And if we want to select a new supplier, 
not focus on the price only. See the samples before you place the order, and see as much as as you can, like random sample, pre-production sample, shipping sample, all the sample, as much as you can get. Good, yeah, good advice. Mm-hmm. And then during the production, you may ask the provide some pictures, some pictures that shows your um, order is producing on the machine, on the workshop, so you can keep an eye on them. Actually, if you work with us, we will do all the things for you. We travel a lot to the factory to be your eyes, mouth, and uh, hands in China. You just place order, and then you can waiting for uh, receiving the good. We do the sample, sample shipping, quality control, inspection, uh, factory audit, all the things. Right. Well, Golden, thank you so much. This was a really fascinating, and appreciate you you taking the time. I know it's uh, late at night for you right now on the podcast, and I think on behalf of the whole community, we're uh, I, I think a little bit more knowledgeable about the information that you've shared with us, and uh, perhaps there may be an opportunity for a follow up podcast maybe in the next several months with you as well. Danny, thank you. Golden, thank you, and have a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks.